If you've ever watched the movie Moneyball or read the book off of which it was based, you'll know that the narrative goes something like this. Everything we thought we knew about the game of baseball might be, at worst, just dead wrong. Or, if we're lucky, a little off. Either way, we're wrong. The solution, of course, is to merely focus on great analytics and question the way things have been done. Problem solved, unbelievers be damned. Well, a quartet of Washington State University students, led by team leader and sport management student Dante Ludlow, is soon taking their analytical prowess to a conference in Phoenix, a conference meant specifically for baseball analytics. While there, they'll take part in a competition in front of baseball executives with a dream of perhaps catching a few eyes and, even better, job offers. Education Eclipse starts now. Education, news, and research. These are the conversations happening inside education, athletic training, sports science, and sport management that are going to transform each. It's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. Welcome to EducationEclipse.com. My name is Brandon Chapman, and I'm joined by Dante Ludlow, a sport management student here in the College of Education. And we're going to be talking baseball. And if this were the movie Moneyball, who would Dante be? Would he be Billy Bean, who was played by actor Brad Pitt? Or would he be Coog legend Scott Hatterberg, who was played by Chris Pratt? Or would he be the guy that Jonah Hill played, an individual named Peter Brand? Yes, he would be the relatively unknown Peter Brand, but who is one of the co-stars of this movie because of his analytical mind. And that's what we've got here with Dante. Dante, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So if you've ever seen Moneyball, of course, it really dives down into using uh, analytics, sabermetrics, all kinds of things like that to evaluate talent, assess in a different kind of way. Now, of course, a lot of teams are, are on board with this. And so, so, of course, the question is always, well, what's the next Moneyball? What's the next kind of analysis that's going to be done? But Dante, the reason I have you on is because I got this cool email from Simone Leachin of our sport management program, and you got the same one. I was copied on it. Letting you know that through your sport management program and through the uh, the stuff that you're involved in, they were allocating almost $1,000 toward your participation in something called the Diamond Dollars Case Competition. So just tell me, what is the Diamond Dollars Case Competition? So uh, I'm going to back up a little bit. To when you were born. No, no, just uh, <laughs> about the event as a whole because it's more than just a case competition. Um, Sabre is the Society for American Baseball Research, and they have an annual analytics conference. Uh, this year it's in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, as a part of that conference, this is the eighth year where they are hosting the uh, Diamond Dollars case competition. Um, it gives students the opportunity to uh, analyze a real situation that is faced by MLB front offices and create a presentation um, of kind of how they would solve or at least analyze that problem. And uh, that presentation is in front of a panel of MLB front office executives. So in addition to attending the conference and networking with other uh, baseball professionals and hearing all of the great guest speakers there, we will have our own opportunity to present and uh, get really meaningful feedback. And the Sabre Analytics Conference, it, it really is meant to bring those top minds in baseball analytics together to discuss, debate, and share ways to analyze. And so this competition, yes, you're going to be you're going to be pitching something to some of the big wigs. Yes, absolutely. I um 
I, I undertook kind of a, a big project over winter break. Um, I've been seeking an in- internship in baseball. And so over winter break, I took it upon myself to print out uh, kind of a, a form letter and a copy of my resume. And I addressed it to 116 different people who work in professional baseball uh, at the MLB level. And uh, I got a, a bunch of really um, helpful responses about kind of how I can improve my skill set looking towards future internships. And uh, there was one guy in particular who works for the San Francisco Giants, and uh, he recommended this competition to me by basically saying, like, this is how I was noticed and how I got hired. And so as someone who's looking to be in his position, you know, it's pretty clear to me that if that's how he was noticed by the Giants, then, you know, that's kind of the next step I need to take. So after learning about that um, from him and doing more research on my own, I decided to uh, start finding other members for my team. What you're hoping with this, like like an artist might hope that they're, they're seen or a music, musical artist might hope that somebody out there hears them, you know, like a, some kind of bigwig producer. Uh, as we saw in the movie Moneyball, of course, Peter Brand is seen by Billy Bean, who's played by Brad Pitt. And of course, he has some pearl of wisdom. And for whatever reason, Billy Bean is interested in this. In your case, the uh, Sabre president is the one who produces these these possible scenarios. And they're scenarios that the GMs and other baseball executives might might truly be faced with. And the Diamond Dollars case competition is the first national competition to be based solely on baseball op- operations issues. Certainly, there's a lot of other ones that we've heard through the years. A lot of them are based on skill, based on actually playing. I don't know about your ability to play. I cannot. Yeah. I, I, I was always asked to keep the scorebook. Definitely. You know, I kept a lot of book in high school. Yeah. When do I get to play <laughs> coach? Shut up, chap. You just keep the book. That I, I heard that many times. Me too. Uh, so is it just you all alone out on the stage or do you have a team? Yeah. So um, I was able to recruit a team. Um, so there's four of us total. Um, Alex Yano, Matthew Cho, and... Uh, Reagan Stubb are my teammates. Um, so I, I know Reagan from high school, and he connected me with um, Alex Yano. And uh, Alex Yano's family has been uh, very helpful in, in loaning us their condo in Arizona for us to stay for this conference, which has really helped reduce our, our costs significantly. Um, so in addition to seeking funding from the university, you know, that's that's been a big help. And so even though we have to cover things like our own airfare and other travel expenses, you know, a lot of other people are behind this, making this possible. Right. And one of those in this case was the sport management program. Yes, absolutely. So Dr. Leachin let you know that there was a little bit of award money, which is great because this is a cost. You know, in your case, somebody who, and I'll ask you how you ended up getting interested in analytics, but mm-hmm. I know when I was a baseball winter meetings, there were certainly big names from media folks like Peter Gammons. I got to talk to Peter Gammons for a while. Had the most interesting conversation you can ever imagine with Ozzie Guillen, who was the manager of the Chicago White Sox at the time. You know, just a lot of fun. I went in Nashville, Tennessee one year in Orlando another year. Just a a great time. So what kind of people have you heard anyway that you might be running into at this yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have any names that are, are quite that recogni- recognizable. Um, I've I've been over at the website just looking at some of the the keynote speakers, and uh, there's some pretty big names, um, including the the owner of Baseball Info Solutions. That was one that really caught my eye. Um, but I mean, just more generally speaking, um, I'm really excited just to be able to kind of put myself out there in 
in person, you know, I've done a lot of communications through LinkedIn and like I said, sending out all those letters, but it's really difficult to find time to be able to communicate with those people one-on-one in person. So I think that like having that network networking opportunity will be really helpful. No, I think it's totally understandable that most people who go into sports uh, do so because at, at some point, at some level, they like sports, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they were a sports fan. Mm-hmm. But where is that line drawn between realizing there's a difference between being a fan and wanting to be a, a career professional? Because I think that's something yeah, that a lot definitely. of sport management students have to battle. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a, a battle for me. You know, growing up, I've, I've always been a huge Seattle Mariners fan, um, through a lot of really tough seasons, but I think I've been able to channel that energy in a way that's actually benefiting my career. Um, you know, I've been a Mariners fan for as long as I can remember, and they've never made the playoffs in my recent memory. I, I was three the last time they made it, so I've never seen a, a playoff game for the team that I was actually rooting for. Um, so that has actually driven me in a sense that, you know, I have known since I was very young that I was not good enough to play at the major league level or anywhere near it. Um, but if I can contribute to a team making the playoffs and winning games in the front office, then to me, that means almost as much as if I was playing. And I think bringing that experience of a winning team to the fans of that city, to those kids who are basically like me, but actually being able to watch a winning team, like that, that means a lot to me. And that's a huge motivator in, you know, entering this profession. Dante, I would imagine that in terms of playing skill, you were a lot like me, which was the only thing holding you back was that you couldn't hit a curveball <laughs> or a fastball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are those are two pretty big obstacles. Pre- yeah, pretty much pretty much if you were throwing any of those two things, there was no chance. Well, I think that's wonderful that you're getting the chance to do this and and I'm just going to let you know that uh, you know, I started following the Mariners in 1987. I'm 39 years old and and I only remember a couple seasons uh, reaching the playoffs. Yeah. So one of which was the magical 95 season. Mm-hmm. I was a sophomore in high school. I was negative three. You were negative three years old. (laughs) And then, of course, in 2001, I mean, we put together a historic regular season only to blow it in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I I can tell you, my friend, things do not get easier as a Mariners (laughs) fan. Yeah. And the words of Bart Giamatti, former commissioner, always ring true to me, which is baseball was designed to break hearts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're a Yankees fan, it might not seem that way. Right. Yeah, if well, you're a Red Sox fan right now, it might not seem that way, but it always seems that way if you're a Seattle Mariners fan. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you just have to put it in context because those teams have had some pretty big letdowns historically as well. Um, but at the same time, even though I'm a pretty big Mariners fan, um, I, th- I think that I'm able to channel that towards any team that I have the opportunity to work with, um, just trying to, to win as many games as possible and you know, hopefully eventually have a ring on my finger. You know, that's, that's the eventual goal. Well, I'm glad that you're doing the uh, the Sabre Analytics Conference and specifically this Diamond Dollars case competition. Do you know right now what the scenario is that you will be faced with, or do you get that there? No. So I, I believe they give that to us about a week in advance, um, just from reading up on past years. Um, so right now, as a team, we had our first real team meeting yesterday, um, and our goal is to just go over potential scenarios as well as the prompts from past years uh, just to kind of work on how we approach those issues. 
um, you know, sp- speaking with uh, some people in baseball who I've been in contact with online, I, you know, obviously I asked them for advice and their advice was to not worry too much about the practice material that we're using, but just worry more about the team chemistry and, you know, how we approach the situation because we will only have, you know, three or four days to really get all of that content nailed down before we present it. Um, and in such a high stakes presentation, we want to make sure that, you know, we can use our time efficiently during that week before to make sure that we're ready. So we had a really good uh, productive uh, discussion yesterday as a team about um, the potential implications of banning the shift. And uh, next week, so all right, right now we're meeting once a week. And so next week we're going to be preparing an actual practice presentation uh, on our own just to kind of go through that process as many times as we can. Now, I don't know if it's just because as a society, we want a little more gratification a little more instantly, but baseball has really come to a crossroads with the length of the game. I can see right now that that might be one thing that's brought up because uh, a lot of folks are saying, hey, we got to make these games shorter. Yes, absolutely. And and the commissioner of baseball has uh, proposed and worked with the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association, the union, the players union, on a few ideas. And one of them was uh, including things like uh, a universal designated hitter, right? So we would take that away from one. Yeah. Those are the kind of things I I think would be really applicable because you have a variety of, of opinion, but you need to back it up with fact. So, for example, somebody could say easily, well, if you added a designated hitter, doesn't that actually mean less easy outs? Yeah, right. Absolutely. And easy outs can shorten a game. Yeah. At the same time, you also have less pinch hitters and less pitching changes because of the designated hitter as well. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So that's something that you would need to back up with data. Yeah. A lot of those issues uh, about rule changes are, are really complex. And, you know, during our discussion yesterday, it was really interesting because our team was split uh, two and two. Two of us think that uh, the shift should be banned and two of us think that it should be allowed. Uh, personally, I think it should be allowed um, hit the ball the other way. But uh, regardless, which uh, I couldn't do, and neither could you. No, of yeah. course. But I mean, <laughs> we're not getting paid millions of dollars either. Um, we're getting we're we're getting paid nothing to be a phenomenal armchair quarterback. Ex- exactly. Well, I'm hoping to make some money off of that in the long run. Um, but the thing that was really productive about that discussion, even though we had a clear split in our team about you know whether or not we think that rule should be created, um, the other pass prompts this competition seemed to be less about you know, choosing one side and more about presenting the information of what would happen in that scenario. So uh, we were able to agree and come up with some really good ideas uh, collaboratively about, you know, how the game would be changed in sort of that complex way of like talking about the shift, you know, how hitters approaches would change, um, how, how pitchers would change and, you know, everything else beyond just okay, having two guys on each side of the infield. And so designated hitters the same way, you know, that's definitely one practice topic that we might look at. And there's a lot that you can analyze and kind of predict. But we, at the end of the day, you really don't know until it happens. All right. Dante Ludlow, he's a sport management student, and he's going to join this amazing competition. Win or lose, but we hope you win. Uh, he will come back with quite the experience. So he's a part sport management student, part Bill James, up and coming Bill James. If you don't know who that is, just look it up. Dante, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University.